0: Bookie's Bookstore is an underwriter of WXAV 88.3 FM. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue, Bookie's
1: inventory includes new and used books. Bookie's also places orders and pre-orders for books not currently in stock. For more information, please visit their website at bookiesbookstores.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram by searching Bookie's Chicago. This
0: podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Salutations listeners and welcome back to the Player Profiles podcast. I'm your host Jotham Israel and if you're looking for a spot to hear all the great stories that the athletes of St. Xavier University have to offer, then this is the right place to be. Today's athlete is Tyler Barnett, hailing from Richton Park, Illinois. He is a defensive back on the SXU football team. My play clock is already running down, and I'm not trying to get called for delay of game, so let's get straight into the interview. Tyler, thank you so much for coming on and doing this interview, man. Yeah, happy to be here, man. So, football, I want you to take me through, you know, what got you into this sport.
1: Uh, the sport, really, it's, uh... My dad, my dad's been a driving force behind me playing football. I uh, started out playing baseball, but then it was just kind of like my dad was just always saying, like, let him play football. Let him play football. Mom was just like, he's just so small. I don't know. She was kind of second guessing it. But uh, pops actually wound up like signing me up for football, like kind of behind my mom's back. <laughs> so it was kind of like our little thing. And uh, it lasted for about a week before she kind of figured out like what was going on. But uh it's just been a love of the game. My dad played collegiate sports, so just kind of following in his footsteps. I got two older brothers that wound up uh, – they were really athletic, but they wound up taking basketball more serious than football. But I was the one that uh kind of just stuck with football. Just I fell in love with it at an early age, just loved everything about it, and, yeah, just kind of ran with it.
0: Dang, you could have really turned to either basketball or <laughs> baseball. Yeah. But, man. you know, what, what was it about football that made you, you know, stick to it?
1: Honestly, just the – the, the element of it, like all of the, like baseball, like you said, and basketball are team sports, but it's just like, it's a different element with football because it it really does take like all 11 to get a job done. And I feel like in basketball, you know, you kind of take over a game, you know, one person can win you a, win you a basketball game, I feel like, yeah. but football, that ain't the case. Like one person is not beating 11. It's just, if you can do it they're they're probably playing on Sundays, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Other than that, nah, one person's not beating you. That was just something that I liked about it. And then um, just the physicality of the sport, I enjoy that a lot. That's kind of the reason why I play on the defensive side of the ball. Just like playing physical.
0: Playing yeah. Fast and just, yeah, I was uh, just about to ask you because I'm like, you got to figure out to figure out which side of the 11 yeah. you wanted to play through. So, you know, what made you think that defensive back was kind of the thing for you?
1: Well, so honestly, I was a quarterback, all like youth football, pop corner, you know, that that kind of deal. Played – uh. Quarterback for my freshman year of high school and then uh, wound up transferring my sophomore year. And then it was just uh, when I got there, they kind of had a guy that they liked a lot at quarterback that was there for a while, you know, different things like that. And it just wasn't I didn't see myself getting a fair shot at like quarterback. So I decided like I knew I was an athlete. I knew I could play football. I knew I understood football. So it was just honestly just stepping out, betting on myself and just being an athlete. So I wound up playing a little bit of receiver. Didn't really like that because I got hit a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did it, but uh, I'm not the biggest guy, so it was just like those hits were adding up, and it was just like, nah, I was I was sick of getting hit. I was ready to start hitting people. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what changed me over. I started playing a little bit of corner, wound up uh, actually being really solid as a defensive back. Um, got recruited, played DB, came here, started out my first two years as a corner, and then uh, wound up making a switch to safety like shortly. Before COVID hit, I believe,
0: or okay. right after, it was one of the two.
1: Made the switch and been a safety ever since, and loved it.
0: Bottom line: hitting is better than getting Being
1: hit. hit. Absolutely, hundred percent,
0: hundred percent. Do you have any uh, any instances where you took a hit as a receiver and you're like, oh no, I need to, I need to switch the defensive back or something? Was the there the instance? hit
1: that the hit that made me switch, honestly, my sophomore year, um, was playing up at a new school, playing up on varsity. I wound up running, like, a short drag route, like, which is, like, a quick little inside route underneath. Mm -hmm. Quarterback led me. I went to catch it, like, fully extended. Ribs are exposed. Linebacker that I think went to, he went to some power five school. I think I want to say it was Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Came down and just put his helmet right in my ribs, bro. I promise you I laid there, couldn't breathe for, like, 30 seconds. It was the worst feeling I've ever felt in my life. And then it was, like, once I got up, my coach was like, "You're pretty tough." I was like, "Yeah, but I'm done getting hit." Like, and after that, I, I sat out the rest of the games. I had like bruised ribs and all this other stuff. Dang. But sat out the rest of that game. Came back. We watched film. Played on Friday. Watched film on Saturday. Came to film that Saturday and was just like, "I ain't, I ain't doing that receiver stuff no more." Like, nah. Like, <laughs> it just wasn't the move. Just was not the move for me no more. And then, like I said, switched
0: and never looked back. Wow. And that's that's usually how it goes sometimes. I know some people will be like, man, I got to go from receiver to defensive back. But you had a little, you know, a little step before it. you went from quarterback to yeah. defensive back. That's yeah. that's very rare.
1: Yeah. And that's why I feel like I that's why I feel like I made the transition to safety so well, because outside of the like the Mike linebacker, the safeties are basically the quarterbacks of the defense. Like you were making checks, calls, different things like that. So it it is. It, eerily similar to quarterback but it's just on the opposite side of the ball that's why I feel like I enjoy it a lot I get a lot of control like uh our defensive coordinator here um coach McEwen, he gives the safeties a lot of autonomy to make like those types of decisions and just he trusts us to make the right calls and you know we just run with it so I enjoy that aspect of the game
0: yeah um but before we get to your time as a cougar I want to take you back to some of the moments that you had as a tiger really at west um so obviously you were there for three years Mm -hmm. um you had two years of varsity over there. Yep. Um, so you know, what what were some of the takeaways that you had, you know, from, you know, going to Joliet West and playing football there? And, you know, what were some of the key experiences that you learned about football while at Joliet West?
1: That's a good question. Uh so previously before I went to Joliet West, I was at Creek Monique, which mm. is a powerful, like power, like high school football power. So
0: yeah.
1: um went from that situation to, you know, a no disrespect to us kind of like a middle of the road team so i i learned how to lose the right way you know like the first couple of years i didn't take well to losing at all and i still don't take well to losing but it was it was bad like i would be ready to i was i was upset like every time we lost i was just it was like the end of the world but i would say high school taught me how to lose and how to win with class and um that's something that i feel like i brought here we don't do a lot of losing here but yeah uh <laughs> when it happens, it's not the end of the world. You know, I kind of understand what I need to do to, you know, make, make the, make the outcome different the next time, you know, just look inside instead of just, oh, we're terrible. Oh, we're not going to be good. It's just kind of like, you know, we had some things that we did well in the games and then we just got to build on it and just being more consistent. Like, something I don't think a lot of people understand about, you know, football, like, consistency is, is like key. Like, you could you could have a really good game one week and then fall off the next week and it's just it's that that's that's not it's not the it's not the way to go you're not gonna win a lot of games if you're if you aren't consistent if you just stay the same all the time you know just the coaches know exactly what to expect out of, out of their players you're not gonna lose a lot of games if you just play the way that you're capable of playing to you know don't don't have those like weeks where you just lapse but another thing that kind of taught me uh that like I learned from just being at west was just Learning how to play with, like, honestly, with people that don't really, like, come from the same background as me. You know, like, Crete was kind of predominantly African-American. You know, you had white, and that was pretty much it. But then once I went to Joliet West, it was like I was introduced into, like, a, a whole, like, smorgasbord of just ethnicities, like, backgrounds, everything. And it just taught me. Like, I never was in that position where I played with, you know, like, players that didn't look like me yeah so that was it was it was a little different but i I feel like i adjusted to it and i feel like i benefited from you know being in that environment at that age just learning how to you know work well with everyone you know so it was just i would say that was something else i also learned from being at west and then um the last thing i probably learned took away from being at west was just learning how to be a leader like my senior year i was a captain and um at the time, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But then, like, as the season went on, it was just kind of like being in those situations where you got to, people are, like, looking to you for, like, how's he going to respond to certain things. And it's just, like, learning how to, you know, move the right way with that, like, spotlight on you. You know, I made some mistakes as a as a kid, you know, just, yeah. you know, just being a kid. Yeah, just just doing, kid. Some, doing some stuff that I probably shouldn't have been doing. And then it was just how it looks if, like, they know that you're, like, a captain or, like, somebody that's. I hire up on the team or anything like that. You know, you just got to carry yourself a different way. And I feel like I learned that being at that school
0: as well. Yeah. Learned a lot about discipline and yeah, stuff like absolutely. that. Absolutely.
1: Integrity and everything else in between.
0: Hmm. So obviously, once your time at Julia West came to an end, you had the decision to make. And yep. that was to figure out, number one, if you wanted to play college football, which obviously you did. yeah, And number two, where you wanted to play college football. What made this place at St. Xavier the place to be for you?
1: Well, honestly, um, it's a great history, long history of winning here. You know, they don't lose games here. So that was was number one. You know, I didn't want to go somewhere where I was going to be, you know, putting in the same amount of work because wherever I went, they were going to get the, like, same player. Wherever I went, I was going to come in. I was going to be ready to work. Whatever it was, I was going to do it. But I wanted to be in a situation where – we were winning. You know, I, I did enough losing in high school. Like, I told you just a couple of seconds ago, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't take well to losing. So, number one, we they were winners and they knew how to win games and I could see that just from just, you know, coming to my little visits, watching them, different things like that, doing my research, looking back, national championship, you know, bunch of, every, they had everything, they checked a bunch of, like, marks off my list. Yeah. And then, um, I would just honestly say the connection that I made with the coaches, like, quick, like, it was, um, Came out to a visit, and then after I went to my little, like, game day visit, coaches were coming to my high school games, you know, just checking in with me, shooting me texts. Um, coach Pham actually was in my house. Like, that was the only coach out of the entire process that actually, like, stepped foot in my house and, like, you know, actually showed up and, like, showed that he, like, wanted me. Like, he, it was, it was real. Like, the love, I felt the love right away, and it was just kind of just an easy – a easy decision for me. I committed kind of early. I committed maybe around this time, my senior year. So the season had just ended, maybe wow. like three weeks after the season, I wound up
0: committing. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't you didn't leave no hesitation. No, nah, nah. Nah. Nah, just no no make first just, decision day, nothing.
1: <laughs> in that kind of in that kind of situation, you you you'll know. Like when a team wants you, when a coaching staff wants you, when they believe in who you like who you are and what you can do, you you feel it. Like. It was a couple, I'm not gonna name any names, but it was a couple of teams where it was just, you know, I I could tell that it wasn't real. Like, you know, they they, it it wasn't they 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 gave you they gave you the offer because somebody told them that that about me, you know. It wasn't like that they actually did their own homework on me. And I felt like with St. Xavier, the coaches here, they really did their homework on me. They had a solid idea of what I was gonna do for their team and how I could help their team as a freshman. And that was another thing that made me come here is I wasn't gonna redshirt so I I wanted to come in and play right away that was that was another big thing um that helped the decision made the decision decision a lot easier because I knew that I could come in work and make an impact my first year and it gave me that opportunity and forever grateful and now we're here
0: yeah and you said that you came here because you know this this place has a tradition of winning Mm -hmm. And you know you saw that right off the bat night yeah. when you came here 19, in nineteen. Yeah, you know I mean I know as a freshman it's, it was probably hard to climb up Man, the depth chart that in college. Team,
1: that team was insane. That team was insane. I was
0: gonna ask you what 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 what, what was the descriptions of the team like that as, team you said insane as
1: arguably the best team that I've been on like in my football career like that team was just loaded. Mm. Martinez Alex Martinez was an All American quarterback had Vance Mc a all-American running back, you had Nikki C, you had Harry Davis, you had a young Justin Pringle. Like, a lot of people oh don't know. Goodness. A lot of people don't know, man. Shout out to my boy Justin. He, he's a dog, man. He was... Then on defense, you know, we had Hediger at Mike. He was a freak. Just... Mm-hmm. just I Something that I just... I, I remember taking away from Hediger is just how hard that dude worked. Man. Like, it mm-hmm. was never a day where he looked like his foot wasn't on the gas. Like, he was always full go at all times. And, you know, when he had that little injury, he wound up suffering that year. Just seeing how he fought to just be on the field, like you saw how much it meant to him, and that was just something that you just had to appreciate. And, you know, there was a lot of good guys here ahead of me, and I learned a lot from, you know, some guys like Jarvis Jarvis Carter. So it was just a bunch of, a bunch of guys that I learned a lot from. And, you know, that team was just insane, man. Like, yeah. From, like the, I wish, I wish like you could, you knew what I knew, like just the things that just happened, like behind the scenes, like at practices, like some of the plays that were made at practices, which just man, insane. Like
0: man, that team be. was, it was special.
1: Yeah, that team was special. It yeah. was
0: special. I mean, it, it certainly is special because you know, over the over the course of that year, obviously that mm-hmm. was a pretty successful year. You, mm-hmm. you know, you win the MSFA Midwest. Go to the playoff game, beat Northwestern. Yeah, that was a big game. Yeah. Um, really good game, too. Um, and that was the first of what we thought was gonna be four seasons of you here. But mm-hmm. obviously the very next season was thrown into utter chaos because yeah. of you know what. The yeah. C-word. <laughs> the C-word. <laughs> yeah, no, but I have, I have to ask, man. When the C word came around, I mean, how much did that throw you off? Like, not just on the field, but off the
1: field. Man, it was it was devastating, honestly. Just gyms closed, you know, couldn't go work out, you know, had to stay away from people. I was kind of scared to leave the house for a minute, you know, because it was just like before the, like they started coming up with, you know, vaccines and different things where everybody was still trying to figure out exactly what it was. It was just scary, honestly. My mom was <laughs> kind of like a – kind of like not letting me leave so it was just it was interesting man and just it was it was an adjustment period for sure I'll just say that it was definitely an adjustment period
0: yeah I I'm I'm sure it is an adjustment when you have to play football in February and you're not in the NFL uh how was that experience like
1: (laughs) the coldest season I've ever played in my life like the amount of times like fingers and toes would go numb just from being outside. Snow's on the snow's on the field. Anytime you touch it, you're you're getting up freezing. So it it wasn't fun. Like I vividly remember the first game of that season when we played uh Joliet, St. Francis Joliet. Mm-hmm. It was freezing, dude. Like we had like we had to have like a tent that was set up that they had like these like industrial sized heaters mm-hmm. inside of it. And they were just like cranking the heater like straight inside the tent just to try to like Warm us up. It was it was insane. Like so like when the offense was on the field, the defense would huddle up inside the tent. Really? And then once the yeah. offense came off the field, the defense weren't out there, the offense would huddle It was the tent. like that. It was that cold. Man. Dang. It was that cold. It
0: was That's crazy, bro. It wasn't it wasn't fun.
1: <laughs> I'll just say <laughs> that it was not fun.
0: Boy, that's a that's a much different return to Joliet than you man. ever had up your sleeve, wasn't it?
1: I wanted to go so bad, like it was. <laughs> we wound up
0: winning the game, which was great, but
1: just wow, it was not. Everybody, I feel like everybody sprinted back to the locker room after that game, like sprinted. It like it wasn't like right after the handshake. I think I don't even think coach brought the team up, like outside. It was just that cold, like it was polar vortex kind of weather outside. It was freezing. Oh my! And God. it was, and it started snowing, so it was, it was bad.
0: Dang, bro, it was bad. <laughs> Well, did it get any better throughout that season? Because, you know, it, it lasted until April. Man,
1: COVID year was interesting, man. It was just, it it kind of, that was the year where it was just, nothing was scripted. I can just say, like, no, nothing there was, was no book on, like, how to, like, be on a football team or, like, if you're in a Coach Fem situation, how to coach a football team during a pandemic. Like, it's, it was no book on that. So it was just kind of everything was just kind of on the fly. Like we were practicing. Like it was cold outside. We were practicing at different indoor facilities around. Like we would go to the Midlothian facility that has an indoor field, or we go to um, can't think of the name of the other one. Oh, I can't think of it. It was the Midlothian, and we used to go somewhere else. I can't. I can't. Think of it I can't think of. The, I can't think of what it was, but it was another indoor facility. It's a bigger. It was a bigger indoor facility, but it's not too far from here. But um, we would just practice inside, and it was just – it was different. Like, that entire season, it actually wound up – the weather wound up breaking for us, but it was closer towards the end of the season when we started getting games that weren't below 30 degrees. So um, the entire season we were just kind of, you know, playing in the cold. But, you know, it was just kind of just like a thing where it was just like, you know, you can't really complain about it because, like, we're not the only ones in it, you know. We're cold, so we know that they're cold. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you gotta you got a job to do, win a football game. So it's just like at that; those are the types of games where it just comes down to like who wants it more. Honestly, like when when it's when it's cold, it's freezing, it's miserable outside. Nobody wants to be outside. At that point, it's just about who wants it more. And I feel like we we played hard that that year. That was that was a physical season, a really 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 like gritty. Physical, like garden glove kind of season. You know, it was, you had to put your hard hat on. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't pretty.
0: Oh boy, I could tell. Um, but yeah, dude, you guys had then also, there's another interesting experience. Obviously, you couldn't travel all across the country like mm-hmm. you would normally do. I mean, there was still Sam, where a mm-hmm. conference opponent, but outside of that,
1: yeah, it wasn't any out of conference games. It was the only teams we were playing was in our conference.
0: Wow. And you played them twice, some yeah. of them twice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it was, like, NFL, kind mm-hmm. of, like, home and home. Yeah. I mean, what what was that experience like? I mean, have you ever had to do a scouting report for the same team twice in a single season?
1: Uh, nah, that was probably my first time playing a team more than once outside of, like, high school if you played a team and then you wound up having to face them again in the playoffs. But that never yeah. happened in my situation. That's never happened. Mm-hmm. But I don't, something that I feel like the average person might not know but it is really hard to beat the same team twice like in the sport that I, that we play what that I play football you know it's it's yeah. really hard to beat somebody beat a football team twice so um we wound up I think we played I know for a fact we played Saint Francis Joliet twice we played them once in the fro- the, the
0: season the, opener and the season ender. the
1: snowball week <laughs> one the <a> snowball <laughs> play played them in the snowball snowball week one and then the final I believe it was the final week of that season we wound up playing them here and it was another physical low scoring game I think that game ended 7, seven to nothing game. yeah just a gritty <laughs> game like if that doesn't explain to you how covid how cover year was like the type of football that was being played it, I don't know what does like it's not very many college football games that are ending 7 to 0 No cuz that just explains like the weather was playing that much of an impact on you know types of plays that the offenses could run like it was literally just old school
0: football that whole year like the whole year (laughs) it was insane man did it I mean it's interesting because it's like how grateful were you that you even got a season you know off in during a pandemic
1: during the time I was I was I couldn't be happier you know it gave me something to do you know weren't just sitting in the house or just Sitting on Zooms all day for class or different things like that, you know, it kind of gave you like a purpose, you know. Um, I was, I was scared that we weren't gonna get a season. Like once, you know, September, October, November had passed and we still weren't playing, and they were still trying to figure out, you know, how how this is gonna work, you know, and trying to put those different like protocols that they had in, trying to put all of that together so that we could have a season. But then once it finally kicked off, I was. I was on cloud nine, man. It was it was great. I was so excited to be out there because a lot of, like, you don't get a lot of opportunities in my sport. You know, like basketball, you might get 30, 35 games. Football, you get 11. Yeah. You know, you only get so many opportunities to showcase what you can do. It's a short season. Yeah, it's a really short season. But I was just happy that I was able to get a season in, and then it worked out even more so because I wound up getting a bonus here. Yeah,
0: COVID year, you yep. get five years. Yep. Yeah. And this, this just so happens to be the last dance for you. So yep. um we'll get to that later. But in twenty-one, I came along. Hmm. not playing. But uh, <laughs> but in twenty-one, you guys got back to playing normal football. Yep. Fall of twenty one. Yep. Um and obviously that was another successful season you guys strung off the first of three consecutive. Um MSFA Midwest titles, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously, you capped it off in what was a crazy St. Francis trilogy up to this point. Yeah, um, there were a lot of exciting games that year, but I mean, have you? How 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 does that St. Francis game that won you guys the MSFA Midwest measure up on one of your best football experiences?
1: It's up there. Uh, I played a crazy, insane game that that game. I played. a replay really well, so I was I was happy with how I played. Um, it was in front of a lot of friends and family. You know, it was it was special. It was the first one that I had uh, won at home. You know, the the previous one, my freshman year, we wound up winning it in Joliet, and then um, just being able to do it at home, it was just it was special. You know, that was the only one. Was it
0: twenty one? You guys were at Joliet.
1: Yeah, twenty one. We were at Joliet. Yeah. I
0: remember oh, so that's the, the overt- overtime game. Yeah, the yeah, that's the game. Amari game. Yeah, our, that Ari- game was insane.
1: That game was crazy. And
0: you know what's crazy? That you, you thought of a whole nother yeah,
1: same yeah, game. I thought of the twenty what was that, twenty two? Twenty two. Yeah, last year. Yeah, that's yeah. The twenty one game, the overtime game, Amari, my boy, Iced the forest. that game was crazy. Yeah, that game was crazy. It just felt good. That that game really that did that game did feel good. But the one that sticks out for me is the one that we won in twenty two at home. Mm. That one. That one forever I have a special, you know, place in my heart at that, that game was
0: Yeah. I mean <laughs> That was I mean, hey, when you have a chance to lock down a title again and you know you have your defense on the field for it, and you guys get you guys seal the deal, mm-hmm. I mean, how good does that feel as a defensive player?
1: It's just kinda we all know we all know that like that's the situation that we honestly beg for, you know a situation where you control your own destiny, you know like that that if you control it, put in it like I would rather put up, be as a defender, I would rather be on the field trying to prevent a team from scoring instead of it being flipped. Like I have supreme confidence in our offense, but I have no control over, it. you know what I'm saying? So I have no control over what, what is about to happen. But when I'm on the field as a defender, you know, often their offense is in a situation where they have to score points. You know, you kind of know, like just through the week, just what kind of plays they try to get to, to. Those, like, splash plays, those big explosive plays, like, who, who are their guys that they're trying to get the ball to? And it's just, you know, knowing who who the, who the guys are and then just making the play when the opportunity presents itself. That's all it is, you know. and I, I honestly think if you had anybody else from our defense, they would probably give you the same exact answer. Like, we literally live for those moments where you have the opportunity to end the game, especially, like, in a championship game. You have the opportunity to end it. You know, and I feel like I made some plays, but my teammates played an amazing game from start to finish that whole game. Like, if you just watch offense, defense, special teams, everybody, everybody was playing at their ability. And when you get chances like that and opportunities like that, when everybody's firing on all cylinders, it's special, you know? Yeah. It just, cause that, it's just not, because that's not always the case. But yeah. when— everybody's firing on all cylinders. It just, it feels good. You know, everybody was excited and happy at the end of the game. Everybody was proud of what they had done that, that game. And
0: yeah. so yeah, And it's really hard to do it, to play a complete game in college football is a very hard thing to do, mm-hmm. especially when you're playing against good teams. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, Um, obviously um, going into this year, Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that this was going to be your last year here and mm-hmm. your last season, you know, what, what were you what were you feeling as you were going through training camp, you were going through the practices before the season, knowing that, you know, this is it for you?
1: Honestly, uh it, it changed my approach a lot, you know, because it was just like pre, like prior to this season, I did a lot of like just meditation and just thinking on like my entire career up to that point. And it was just like, it was some days where I felt like, you know, oh, I didn't give him all this day or, you know, I left something in the tank this day. So it was just, before we showed up here in August, it was just like a like a thing for me. I just told myself, like, I'm not gonna leave here with any regrets. Like, I'm not gonna leave here feeling like I la- I could have done something differently. I could have done better in this area, you know, just, basically putting your best foot forward every day because, you know, your time here is limited. You know, you never know if you're going to play football again after college. You know, it's not nothing's promised. So I feel like if you put your best foot forward every day, just come ready to work and lead by example, you know, for a bunch of the younger guys that are going to be here for when I leave, you know, just basically do the things that the older guys did that that I witnessed them do, like in 19, like, do what they did, but my way. You know what I'm saying. So like, mm-hmm. just put my own little like twist Sentiment to it, yeah. And just being a leader. You know, just a lot of a lot of guys are looking up, looking up to me. Been here for a long time. I know exactly what goes on. You know, so just number one, putting my best foot forward, and then being a leader. I mean, that was the second thing. Just letting them know, like, like you said, college football is not easy. It's gonna take a lot of work. It's gonna take a lot of dedication. It's a lot of time. Lot of sweat, a lot of like a bunch of stuff that goes into it, and you know, just making sure that the younger guys understand that their time here it it, they're on a clock essentially, you know. So don't don't take a moment to just like don't take don't take off a moment. Just stay stay locked. Put your best foot forward every time you step on the field, and you're gonna leave with no regrets. You know, I just wish that's something I wish somebody would have told me you know, at an early, or at an early age, you know, just put your best foot forward. Like every time you step on the field because
0: it can be taken away just like, like that. So, yeah. Better late than never to learn something like that.
1: Absolutely. That's why I'm trying to, like I said, I try to just let the younger guys know now just how much of a, like an amazing, like spot that they're in, like how many like high school kids that don't get those offers and different things like that or don't get to play college football. It's millions of people that would kill to be in your position, even past players that can't play anymore. Like, they would kill to be in the position that I'm in right now playing college football. They would kill to be in my position. So it's just knowing how special your opportunity is being on a college football team and just making the most out of it. You know, Don't, don't, don't take a day off. No regrets and just go.
0: Yeah, this team—it's um, kind of been the the theme of this team throughout. You know, the couple of years plus that I've seen mm-hmm. um, from you guys, it's been you know kind of you know rolling with the punches. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some situations in some games where you guys took a lot of punches, um, and whether it had been whether it had been within that same game or without or within the course of the season, you guys found a way to respond to whatever lows that you endured and you turned it into a high at some point. Mm. And this season was no different. Obviously you guys start out the season with Aiden Voss um, and he gets hurt and Stewart comes back and he has a good season. Meanwhile, you guys on the defensive side, you're, you keep, you're really keeping this team in games. And obviously this team has something to prove. Um, They haven't won a playoff game since your freshman year. And we, we know the hump is there. Um, and now that you guys have, you know, won your third straight MSFA Midwest title in pretty good fashion, I'll admit, especially for you personally. Mm-hmm. We know what you did, pick six. Um, but outside of that, you guys get a bye week before you go into this last ride for you in terms of postseason play next week. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your emotions and what what are you thinking going into you know this this late November, early December? playoff atmosphere football again?
1: It's just laser focus, you know. Just like you said, um, only won one playoff game since I've been here. You know, that's something that eats me up every day, you know, just knowing that. Um, It's like I said, just being laser focused. Like, I've been here before. I know what it takes to win games. I know what what won't win games, you know. So it's just – Just like I I just said, putting your best foot forward and just being focused, like just taking your focus to another level, like doing the little things right, the things that, you know, just doing the things that would separate good teams from great teams, like just trying to figure out what I can do to, you know, make my team that 1% better, you know, and if I do that, somebody else sees that I'm doing that, they decide they do it, now we're 2% better, then another person picks up 3%, you know, it's just, it's a snowball effect, so just, Setting the tone, you know. This week I'm just kinda just kinda taking a taking it taking it taking it knocked it down a notch this week, just trying to get my body back right for the playoff game. But next week is it's like I said, it's foot on the pedal, all gas, no brakes, it's it's go. hmm Whoever we wind up matching up against, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be one.
0: The That's, physicality, yeah, the intensity. It's, it's gonna be there. It's always gonna be
1: there. All, 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 all aspects. It's gonna be there.
0: Sixty minutes. Yeah, cause, if longer.
1: Yeah, because what? However long it takes. However long it takes, where I'm, I'm ready to go the distance. So, you know.
0: Mm. Well, best of luck to you guys. Appreciate of course. You. Um, you know, we we are starving, and I know you guys are too. Yeah. So feast while you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's my old feast while you can. And feast at will, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but that's the football side of things. Yep. Um, obviously you are still a student athlete. Correct. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, uh you are an exercise science major. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh what got you interested in uh pursuing this exercise science?
1: Um, I had a really good relationship with my trainer in high school, my athletic trainer. Um, me and him had a really solid relationship and, um, I spent a lot of time just in the training office and just seeing, you know, his day to day process of just what he does. And, um, I kind of enjoyed just being in, being in the training room because like, I kind of thought like what life, like what life would be like after football. And I feel like being an athletic trainer is another way that I could stay around, like the sport that I love, football, but just sports in general. You know, you're going to be dealing with athletes when they're injured or whatnot, you know. So I just kind of enjoyed watching the process and, like, the process of being, like, say someone gets injured and then just watching the process of, like, how they worked with him every day to, like, rebuild their strength and different things just so they could be the player that they were prior to the injury when they returned. So it was just... Seeing that process and then also being a part of that process myself went through some injuries, had to work with some um some pretty pretty great people, some physical therapists, athletic trainers, you know, just being exposed to that just kind of made me like realize like this might be something that I would want to do like one day down the road. So, wound up coming here, exercise science, love my major, it's been a lot of fun. I don't regret it. Wouldn't take it back. Wouldn't choose another major honestly. I'm happy with the decision that I made.
0: I see what you mean. What do you want to do, Um, you know, after um, graduation and stuff like I've that?
1: I've got so many different routes that I could take. It's it's just, I don't know. That's honestly, to be honest, I have. I have no clue. But <laughs> um, I got, like I said, I have a bunch of different ways I could go. I, th- I could either go to athletic training, go to athletic training route, go to more school, physical therapy route, go to more school, and um, also, I've been looking at becoming a firefighter. So I've been looking at the firefighting route. So it's just, I'm not sure. I still got to probably think on it a little more and just go with whatever.
0: That's one of the best uncertainties to ever yeah, have. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't think I can say the same. It's either sportscaster, actor. It's, <laughs> it's one or two.
1: Black or white for you, huh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my mom wanted me to be a pharmacist and my dad wanted me to be a mechanic. Yeah, that didn't work out. I was like, I was like, man, I, because they both thought that I had the brains to do it, mm-hmm. which I do. I do have the brains, but my question, the question was the dedication. Yeah, and it you was gotta like, love what you do. You gotta, I, like, I, I cannot be miserable with a career, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I can't. Especially if it's my choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I couldn't fathom being, you know, miserable with a a job that I choose to work with long term. Right. right? Um, it's not. It's not good. No, bad. Bad business. Yeah, no. And I know I have a voice, cause so I'm like, you know, I'd rather use my voice for you know something like entertainment or television than taking orders for a, a, a prescription. For sure. Um,
1: looks like you're on the right steps, though.
0: Yeah, I, I clearly you know, <laughs> microphones. You know, I'm, man, I'm, I'm. I turn this. I turn this thing into a microphone real quick. I'm not sure <laughs> <that>. <laughs> oh man. But no, dude, um, uh, this is about you, man. Um, this, uh, obviously there's a lot of, you know, people who kind of follow the same path that you're following, mm. you know, and I've, I've interviewed athletes here that have wanted to, you know, pursue being an athletic trainer, being a coach, because they are inspired by the coaches and the athletic trainers that they have around Absolutely. them while they're a player. Uh, would you say that you're, you know, one of the many of those people who have been inspired by the people who like around you that. You know, help you day in and day out.
1: Absolutely, I would say I've been blessed to play under a bunch of really phenomenal coaches. Um, just created relationships with all of them—coaches, uh, trainers, everything. You know, the support staff, everything. Um, just been blessed to be in those those situations where you know the the people care. You know, they're yeah. they're just not they're there for the right reasons. You know, I've been blessed from like Pop Warner all the way through. I've been blessed to play for some really, really, really good coaches that care a lot about what they do. They care a lot about their craft, and they care a lot about the guys that they are leading, you know. So, of course, I've been inspired by, you know, coaches and
0: different things like that, but, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and most importantly for you, also some winners too yeah, along the
1: for way. for sure, for sure.
0: You know, some people who have, uh, people can't see because this is audio, but, you know, some of these on the ring finger, you yeah. know. For sure. Um, yeah. Um, obviously, um, when you're off the field and you're not worrying about school, you're not worrying about football, I mean, you do have a life outside <laughs> of that. What do, What are your hobbies, man? I mean, what do you like to do out, out, You know, well in your free time?
1: Uh, I listen to a lot of music. I am like a music head. Like, oh, yeah. I, I treat, so I, I got an iPhone, so I do Apple Music a lot. And I check Apple Music, like, it's a social media account, like, to the point where it's like I check <laughs> to see what new songs are are releasing, who's making what. Um I'm really into music. I'm always playing music, always listening to music, always making different playlists, different things like that. Um but other than music, I would say I like to play the video video games is I'm starting to get back into it. You know, I took a little break, a little hiatus playing the game, but now I'm starting to get back into playing the game a little more. Playing a little Fortnite, Madden. 2K, you know, regular, mm-hmm. regular stuff. And um, outside of that, I want to get into photography, honestly, because mm. anybody that knows me knows I could take some pictures. Like if you you go out somewhere, you put a little fit together, a little outfit together, TB will get you. I'll get you right with the, the yeah. angle. So yeah, you know, I'll get you right with the camera. <laughs> so I think um, upon the graduation, I'm probably going to wind up just gifting myself a camera or something looking into that. And, um, yeah, I do like taking pictures. Like, that's that's something that I like to do as well. Mm-hmm. So music, playing the game, and taking pictures. And obviously, like, hanging out with friends and everything like that. But, yeah, you know.
0: That photography one is massive irony, considering you have a boatload of book bags with camera kits behind yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um But, yeah, dude, um, I believe there's a photographer, um, a guy that does a lot of good photoc- photography that's on the football team. I think I think it's bands. Yeah,
1: yeah, C Bans, my boy. Yeah, Kobe, my boy. Yeah, he, he he's uh he's nice behind the camera for sure. Yeah, him it, and MC Three. Yeah,
0: Shavers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen them with cameras around mm-hmm. uh, every now and then. Yeah, for basketball so
1: games. him Shavers. Uh, can't th- can't forget about my boy Juan Flores photos. Mm. Another magician behind the lens. Like the the way that his pictures come out is just the quality of them is just insane. He captures moments like. That's what I that's what I can appreciate a photographer that captures not only like, you know, not only steals, but like he captures the moments like he catches the intensity and the, like excitement, you know, all, all of that stuff. You know, that's what I feel like. That's what I feel makes a good photographer, like not the guys that can just take really good portraits and stills and different things like that. But the ones that can capture moments, those are the best photographers, you know.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had moments, you know, captured for you that you just look back on like, man, this was a
1: moment. Yeah. I got plenty of pictures, football pictures, just not even just football, just football pictures, prom, graduation. You know, I go way back to my first haircut, you know, just, Mm. I have pictures. My mom was a big like picture person. Like she had an entire, like, photo album of just pictures of like me and all my siblings so she was just big on just taking pictures capturing moments so I would say like yeah I, I have a, a boatload of pictures I could probably go through and just say like yeah I remember this like this was a great moment this was a great moment Um, honestly after I finish up my career I want to actually put together like like almost like a shrine in a way of just like everything that football was you know and just put it all together inside of like a shadow box with like my college jersey and just have it it's just something that I put in, like maybe like a man cave or something down the, down the road or something but that's kind of sort of something that I wanted to a project that I wanted to get to once my football career here is done
0: okay sounds pretty cool man yeah, yeah. I mean like a it's like a collection of all the the moments that made your football career what it was uh, it's just
1: a gigantic nostalgia box
0: oh man <laughs> That that's gonna be uh that's gonna be one heck of a box. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be one heck of a box, man. Yeah, if it
1: turns out the way that I see it in my head, it's gonna be nice, man.
0: Yeah, dude. Uh well uh hopefully you won't have to think about that until January. Yeah, hopefully. Um but we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. But um uh a little miscellaneous question. What's, What's uh what do you what do you think of when you think of the number 17?
1: When I think of the number seventeen. <laughs> me honestly. <laughs> that's the first thing that comes so a lot of people might not know this but the reason that i wear number 17 is because that's the number that i felt best represented who i was you know like i was born on the 17th day of september and just i've always liked the number 17 because it was my birth date so um that's been the only number that i've worn really outside of maybe two other numbers my entire career of playing football. So it's it holds a special special place for a place in my heart, you know. So when I hear when I first hear seventeen, you know, I think of myself. You know, some people they I got a lot of nicknames, some T B, you know, but another one is just seventeen. My dad calls me seventeen all the time because mm. it's just it's been my number For as long as I could think,
0: it's literally synonymous with your name. Yeah,
1: it literally goes hand in hand, like peanut butter and jelly.
0: Wow, that is awesome. It's it kind of reminds me with me and the number Mm ten, because I know when I was younger, I never really played on a high school team or anything like that, or on a an organized like sport or anything like that. Um, but when I tried to get into basketball, they gave me a little jersey, and I was like, oh, I get a jersey, and I'm like, do you have ten? Yeah, I got ten. I'm like, oh man, and then, um, ever since. Uh, the number 10 has kind of been stuck to me. It's like the way I see the number 10, it's like I'm one man and no one else is like me. Mm-hmm. And obviously.
1: That's kind of that's what my, uh I had a friend that wore 11 mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a thing for him. It was just like one of one. Like it was just one and one, like one of one. He was the only person that could be him. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the reason he wore number 11. So yeah, I kind of feel like a lot of people just kind of have like, I don't know, like, they pull towards certain numbers, like certain people like number seven because they feel like it's lucky. You know, different things like that. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of people pull for certain numbers, like especially when it comes to like athletics. You know, number yeah. number number means a lot because <laughs> that's yeah. the that's what that's what that's gonna be your identity for that that year. So,
0: mm-hmm. and you know, seventeen is a I won't say unusual number, yeah, for, but it's, it's it's a different number for um, a defensive back. So it's like, um, I mean. And even in college, I mean, any level of football that's not the NFL. Well, I mean, the NFL changed just real recently. Yeah, just but, recently. But um, obviously, jersey numbers in high school and college, it was like, yeah, you can be loosey goosey. Like a quarterback could be ninety nine, a defensive back could be three. Mm-hmm. You know, in the NFL is not that way. In college, it is, and it still is. Um, but you know, obviously, when you, I mean, how, how how grateful were you were you to luck out the seven the number seventeen throughout all the teams you've been on.
1: Well like you said it's not a popular number. It's, you know it's not a number that somebody's going to be like, "Oh, I want number 17." Like that's just, it's just not how it goes. Like it's like you said, it's kind of a random number, but that's why that's another reason why I kind of gravitated towards it is because nobody that I could really think of wore that number and like made it iconic. So why not write my own number and p- create my own story behind it, you know? So, leave a legacy behind the number. So it's just like, you know, how Michael Jordan was with twenty three, Kobe was with twenty four and eight, how LeBron is with six and twenty three. I want to be known for number seventeen.
0: So, nice man. It's it's crazy how far you can go with, you know, two simple digits.
1: Yep, something as simple as a number yeah. can mean so much.
0: I know ten digits is a, is also a good thing too, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Rizzler, no. <it's> fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm having way too much fun right. right now. But uh, I got one last question for okay, you, Tyler. Cool. Obviously, you're you're reaching the end of a long journey, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a good five years, and it's not over yet. But when it is, when you you know graduate and when you you're done with football hopefully graduation comes before the end of football. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I'm hoping for that, but when all, when it's all said and done, Tyler, what do you want to be remembered as when you, you know, graduate here? What do you want your legacy to be here as a, as a player, as as a man, as a student, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered for?
1: That's a great question. Uh, something you don't really think about every day, but, um, Honestly, I just want to be known as somebody that was himself, always like he wasn't deterred from like doing being being himself. Like I was never in a never putting myself in situations where I couldn't be myself. You know, I want to be known as somebody that was, you know, about their business like through and through, like on the field, off the field, was about their business. You know, and I feel like that's the best way to be as a man. You know, somebody that takes care of business. You know, that's honestly really it. I don't. I don't need to be you know some guy that everybody has something to say about. But the ones that know me, the ones that have been around me, the ones that seen have seen what I what I do on a day to day basis. I want those people to say that it was somebody that you know was himself, took care of business, and you know was a real a real person. Nothing about me is like. Faked or you know, kind of just made up or just kind of put like you know what I'm saying, nothing what you about see me. Is what you get, yeah, what you see with me is exactly what you get like it's it's no surprises with me, like I just want to be somebody that you know people could look at and be like, yeah, he was definitely himself, and he definitely was just kind of a guy that just did what he needed to do, stayed in his own way, and you know made the most out of whatever opportunities were given to him.
0: Yeah, that's critical, especially given in an era where, you know, there are a lot of a lot of followers Mm -hmm. and in more ways than one, a lot, a lot more followers, a lot less leaders. Um, Obviously, this is a a
1: dangerous combination.
0: It's a that's a dangerous. It's lethal (laughs) to have less leaders and more followers. It's at some point. It's like, man, you know, you got to be you got to be directed the right the right way. You Mm -hmm. know, and, you know. Hopefully, you know, we get leaders, you know, to, you know, showcase the same traits that you're trying to showcase, Mm -hmm. you know, just dignity, integrity, grit, you know, all that good stuff.
1: You know, it's just, I just feel like it's so hard to, like, be someone that you're not. Like, it takes so much more energy to try to put on a facade that you're this type of way instead of just being yourself. Like, being yourself is so easy, you know, and just being unapologetic about it. You know, that's another, that's the next step. Just once, once you're okay with just being who you are, then the next step I feel like is just being unapologetic about it. Like I'm going to be me 100% of the time and I'm going to be okay with that, you know? And that's just, I kind of feel like that's how I am. You know, I'm just, I'm me 100% of the time. And I'm not going to change that really for anyone. You know, I'm not saying like, I'm just like stubborn or anything like that, but at the same time it's just I'm so like used to just being myself, like I can't it's not in me to like fake it. it I just I don't know how. Like I can't like as soon as as soon as I like I used to kind of just like kind of just fake kind of kick it with people, you know, okay cool, they were, they were all right, they kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But then it just it, it once COVID hit, like I would honestly say once COVID hit, like all of that just kind of went out the, went out the window, like all the fake kicking it that kind of just left. It's just kind of like I rock with who I rock with and you know.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you can only, you can only rock with everybody, not everybody, but you know, there's just some people that, you know, you are just like, I, I, I don't have the energy. Yeah. To deal with you know, this,
1: it's man. just, it's, it's just not, it's not, it's not good. It's not good for you. You, keep putting yourself around people that you just don't have like solid chemistry with you know it's just not it's not an advantageous situation so yeah i just kind of stopped that and it's just i felt i found more peace in it i'll say that
0: that's good for the mental
1: yeah for sure
0: and that's gonna do it for another episode of the player profiles podcast special thanks to tyler barnett for taking the time out of his day to come and do this interview All right, we're going to do a podcast version of the Victory Formation. Can I get a... That is game. Go Cougs, baby.
1: Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast.
0: Be sure to visit our website, WXAV.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio.